0: Yes, all aboard. It's the A-Train Sports Talk Podcast. And the train is building up ahead of steam. So grab your ticket. It's free. Get on board. This train will be picking up passengers along the way. Taking you on a sports journey. So, enjoy the ride. It's the A-Train Sports Talk Podcast. Your conductor, Anthony Smith. Hey, what's happening? It's Rick Thomas with Running the Table. And you already know you are on board the A-Train. Hang on for the ride. That was the dynamic sounds of the legend Airy, world-renowned saxophonist, the first ever non-athlete to be signed to the Jordan Brand, none other than Mike Phillips, or in some instances known as Mike Philly. Either way it goes, why was that moment shared to open up this podcast when I was expecting to have a couple of guests on and we were going to be talking a little bit of NFL, primarily some Super Bowl. Well. NASCAR called on Mike Phillips and he opened up in Mike Phillips fashion with the national anthem with a little taste of lift every voice. And looking at some of the reaction it would be a safe bet to say that we know for a fact that the participants were blown away i'm pretty sure those who were watching and had never seen mike phillips before they were blown away too just to give you a little bit of something before i get into this article mike phillips I don't know if he's the founder of the Hidden Beach Unwrap Project, but there's another guy's voice in there named Frank Ski, and he talks about how music transcends all race, creed, nationalities, and color barriers. I believe today that performance transcended all racial barriers. You couldn't help but to be blown away, came away with a a wow moment. For those of us who have spent our lives mastering the Cupid Shuffle or refusing to renege at the space table, we immediately recognize that Bird and Phillips slipped in, lift every voice and sang, a.k.a. the Negro National Anthem, a.k.a. the Black National Anthem. At both the beginning and the end but for our unseasoned counterparts there was confusion abounds at Phillips lovely interpretation of the National Anthem you're right Trisha it wasn't the national anthem. It was the national anthem sprinkled with a dash of literary voice and saying, Y'all have been woke for an entire month now and still ain't learned that blank yet. These are just some of the comments. If NASCAR is truly committed to making its sport, more diverse and inclusive. Impromptu treats like this shouldn't have to be smuggled into live broadcast and as Phillips himself notes, NASCAR has a long way to go before black folks will fully embrace the sport. The attempt of change is something that should be audited. The attempt of change is something that should be audited, he told Oregon Live, prior to his performance, it can't be just a blanket statement. We support you. I want to see the receipts. NASCAR has been showing the receipts. Phillips also made it a point to note that his decision to perform was fueled by his desire to have Bubba Wallace's back in light of all the turmoil NASCAR's long black top tier driver has faced lately. Everybody is blessed and gifted to do different things, he said. My thing is to support Bubba and support NASCAR's true efforts to diversify and drive the racist out of their sport. I mean, shit. And these are, quote, if we get more performances like this, I'm here for it. But those performances should also be coupled with extensive diversity and inclusion efforts. That NASCAR initiates instead of just taking credit for. So. That's how. That went down with NASCAR in the plane of the national anthem. And one that I've seen some more comments here under some under a discussion. Of course, this was a while back. It says excellent. Somehow, I feel that he will be the last POC person of color to perform at NASCAR unless NASCAR is serious. But on the other hand, Phillips will be getting. Real busy with all kinds of gigs now. They know is Mike Phillips has been busy doing gigs like this. A renowned recording artist. You will hear his saxophone on a lot of hidden beach unwrap projects as well as his own solo projects. so it just goes to show that as well as some people are well known there are still some people that don't know those who are well known there's another comment here that says, that lady may be right, but it should be. Let's cut the BS racist lyrics and just go with a saxophone instrumental for the official anthem. Another person said, change the anthem to this. And if you want to know what they are referring to and they say change the anthem to this well let's just say you'll like this as well too i want to i want I, I,
1: I have to do this because
2: i think that anybody that
1: that will work this hard is some kind of reward meaning what ray i'm talking about my drummer you know well let me explain it you see he, he been practicing this nickname since 3.45 this morning. <laughs> uh, and, and, and I know it because the manager came up about 4.15 or 4.20 or something and knocked on my door. And, and you know, I wasn't too happy about that. But I struggled to my feet and I, yeah. He said, manager, manager, he was the manager. I, I said, Mr. Charles, I said, yeah. Uh, sir, about your drama. I said, he don't sleep here, sir. <laughs> he said, I I, I I, know, but there's, there's a problem. And uh, rather than to try to explain it, could you just come to just come to the outside of the door and just listen for a minute? And, and I have to admit, friends, I, I was shocked. When I walked out, I, I couldn't believe what I was hearing. My drummer, and I don't know where he found me, but, but he had French horns with him and they were going
2: beautiful my ah, spacious sky, ah, not the waves of rain. my ah,
1: purple mouth
2: America. America.
1: America, America. Well,
2: God said you way
1: for me. Oh, yes, you didn't need me. Why oh, oh, don't you in your boat? Sitting down the hood from the sea to the shining sea. You know, y'all can just hold a little bit Don't forget somebody.
2: I love you, America. Brother <laughs> God, he not trapped in the way God, I love you, my God. He's proud of my He told me I no.
0: So that was one of the other comments was, let this be the Anthem. So we went from, to Mike Phillips playing the National Anthem, sprinkled in with Lift Every Voice, To maybe this should be the anthem. And you know what I say? And I may start some controversy with my comments for this, but why not? I mean, when you pull up the lyrics to that song, the lyrics that they don't sing, you would understand why that maybe this should be the anthem right here. But once again, shout out to NASCAR calling Mike Phillips to do the anthem and his rendition for how he did it, whether it be controversial to the listening public or not. I say he still smashed that. And if NASCAR is serious about trying to become more diverse, hopefully this is a step in the right direction. Didn't know I would be spending my time in my first segment talking anything NASCAR. And I really haven't talked NASCAR, but in a way I did because of what happened. And, you know, of course, people weighed in and it would take probably two shows to get all the comments that were actually left. Good, bad, indifferent, up, down, whatever. But hopefully next week we will get a chance to talk to a real good friend of mine who I call at times a brother. His name is Scott Stiles. That's S-T-I-L-E-S, not the basketball player Scott Skiles, which is spelled S-K-I-L-E-S. Sometimes when I say his name, the first thing that comes up is, Hey, didn't he play back? No, Scott Styles, not Scott Skiles. There's a difference. One is spelled S-T-I, the other is spelled S-K-I. The one that was spelled S-K-I was a little old short guy out of Michigan State who could shoot lights out. Didn't play very long in the NBA. Scott Styles. if you want to know the meaning of diversity, He is the human epitome of diversity and has no problem with inclusion when it comes to matters of races. Matter of fact, you let me tell it based on the Scott that I know who have allowed me the opportunities to meet people that otherwise I probably would not have had the opportunity to meet had it not been for him which is why come I speak so highly of him. Let me think about it. The interview with Mark Potter that you heard on one of my podcasts, credit goes to Scott styles to be able to talk to a Jody Adams. The credit goes to Scott styles. And for that matter of fact, Him and his wife, Shannon, both. They basically, I could say to me, they are like family. Scott Stiles is a man of conviction. It believes in his convictions, which is why I will say it today. And I'm pretty sure this may get into the ears of people that, well, hey, it's going to get into the ears of people that may agree. And or disagree with what I have to say. But the reason that Scott Stiles is not on the radio. Which I find really unjustifiable. Is because he's a man that spoke on what he believed. And in him doing so. He ruffled some feathers. But Scott has not changed one bit. If Scott calls you a brother, you can take it to the bank and cash it because that's how he sees you. Let me remind you once again, I was expecting to have some guests on and that didn't quite pan out. The good thing is, When you have a laptop and you have information in front of you, you'd be surprised of how you can just change your show on the fly. When I come back, though, I will be talking some NFL. I know every radio talk show thus far is talking Super Bowl, and I will too, but I will also be talking some, other things besides Super Bowl, because as crazy as it seemed, you would think that we would be talking Super Bowl only. But there's a lot of other things going on within the NFL, such as the Eagles expected to trade Carson Wentz soon. Big Ben Steelers to discuss his 2021 contract. Brief to cut salary in sign of retirement. And so much more. So when I come back, we will talk some NFL talk. So stay tuned to the A-Train Sports Talk podcast. This is your conductor, Anthony Smith. We're just now building up ahead of steam. Anthony Smith here with A-Train Sports Talk Podcast, your conductor. Just want to let you know that this podcast is listener supported. That's right, driven by you, the listener, who wants to support. So click on that support button down there. You have three options, 99 cents a month, $4.99 a month, or $9.99 a month will get your ad rent on this podcast. So click the support button. Your support will be greatly appreciated. Once again, Anthony Smith with the A-Train Sports Talk Podcast. Want to enhance your workout? Try the workout bands everyone is talking about. Three different resistance levels. Light, medium, and heavy. Only at www.cakeybums.com. That's www.cakeybums.com. www.cakeybums.com to enhance your workout. With the resistance bands that everyone is talking about. All right, welcome back to my next segment. And so last week, all the talk in the NFL was, even though we're leading up to the Super Bowl, was basically how can I preface this. uh, Yeah. Quarterback swap. Quarterback swap. You know. What was those shows we had? You know. Trading Housewives or whatever it was. So, last week we were talking about swap between Jared Goff and Pat Stafford, as some call him. Matt Stafford. Or we just call it Trading Places. That's what we'll call it, Trading Places. So in the midst of that, the train was building up steam in Houston because Deshaun Watson, who's under contract until 2025, Basically, is all but demanded a trade, which leads us now to the Philadelphia Eagles and Carson Wentz. You pretty much saw this situation steamrolling out of control. And when I say you saw it steam running out of control, Carson Wentz was pretty much, in the mind of Doug Peterson, was pretty much done for the season. The reins had been handed over to Jalen Hurts. To which I believe management pretty much had an issue with that. Long story short, what led to his demise was basically, from what I'm hearing, he was basically told to fix Carson Wentz. Can I remind you of something, though? Carson Wentz, even though Doug Peterson was the coach, The straw that stirred the coffee in that instance is now head coach for the Indianapolis Colts, Frank Wright. So now the question is, where does Carson Wentz go? Because sources are saying Eagles are expected to trade Carson Wentz soon. Would Carson Wentz be a good fit in, well, let's just say Houston? Are we looking at the possibility of another trading places between two quarterbacks? Deshaun Watson, Carson Wentz. Where could Carson Wentz end up? I tend to think maybe there's a possibility he ends up in Indianapolis and be reunited with Frank Reich, who had a hand in his earlier success. Anyway, we're going to take a look at this story and see how this could possibly play out. But first, let's hear from the experts and see what they have to say.
3: Now, I just don't understand where Carson feels as though his bargaining power really is coming from. Because, look, if he were to sit there and assess his own performance value relative to his cost, what acquiring team right now is going to be beating down the door of the Philadelphia Eagles to get him? Because, given all the things that he struggled with this past year, and I'm a defender of Carson, which I still believe that the young man has a great career ahead of him, provided he gets his act together. I mean, if you're Carson West and you're you're evaluating your own performance, let's see, I didn't play very well. I have this injury-prone type of label that's hanging over my head. I'm sitting here and I'm being perceived as someone who didn't react very well to a young quarterback from, you know, from Oklahoma being brought in here and Jalen Hurts who then took my job. And I'm kind of like being perceived as being a guy who's a powder was kind of stomping at his feet and saying you know what I didn't like the fact that I had to sit on the bench and now you're talking about you know maybe you know sending me out of here maybe I just want out of here and I don't like how the fans treat me on and on and on well if I'm another football team I'm going what do I want to deal with that for and take on that contract so not only do that, may you not have a buyer but the Eagles may be sitting there going look we're not taking on all this dead money for this we're going to try and fix this and that's what we've tried to do so what does that all equal to me Carson being in Philadelphia, but as as Sheffy has said, and as I know very well from experience, anything can happen in this league, but I would be shocked if he's moved.
0: So it's been more than two weeks since the Philadelphia Eagles replaced coach Doug Peterson with Nick Sirianni, and there are no signs the team – has made substantial progress in bridging the divide between it and one-time franchise quarterback Carson Wentz. Adam Schefter's, ESPN's Adam Schefter said Wednesday that Wentz wants to leave the franchise and a trade is still in play, a sentiment that has been echoed by multiple sources in and around the team in the days since. Wentz, has not spoken publicly since the end of the 2020 season, or signaled he sees a path forward in Philadelphia, even after Peterson, who had a strained relationship with Wentz was fired. The NFL reported Thursday that teams have started to call the Eagles about Wentz. The wheels are in motion. One league source said their understanding is Philadelphia has already received aggressive offers. The Eagles are looking for significant compensation in return for the 2016 number two overall pick to justify losing the talent and absorbing the more than 30 million dead cap hit they'll take by trading him. Wentz was one of the NFL's worst quarterbacks statistically in 2020 and he is set to make $25.4 million in total cash next season, the third highest among QBs in 2021. Those factors will affect his value. So, there is some dancing yet to be done. But in order to avoid the drama and distraction that comes with retaining a high-profile quarterback who wants out, it's a safe bet the Eagles will work to make a deal happen and have incentive to do so sooner rather than later before more seats get filled in the game of quarterback musical chairs. So where might Wentz land? Here's a look at some potential scooters, one which I've already mentioned. Indianapolis Colts, their cap space, 69 million. Their 2021 draft positioning, Indianapolis has the 21st and 54th overall picks. This has long been the most logical landing spot for Wentz. Coach Frank Reich was Wentz's offensive coordinator his first two years in the league and helped him to a near-MVP campaign in 2017. Former Eagles QB coach, passing game coordinator, Press Taylor is reportedly headed to Indianapolis as well. Putting two of the coaches whence trust most in one spot, the Colts are flush with cash and need a quarterback following Philip Rivers' retirement. It just makes sense. Chicago Bears, their cap space is minus five hundred ten thousand dollars, not millions. 2021 draft positioning, Chicago has the 20th and 52nd overall picks. Chicago has been in search of a franchise quarterback since the dawn of man. And that quest continues this offseason after the combination of Mitch Trubisky and Nick Foles resulted in an 8-8 campaign. Bears quarterbacks coach John DeFilpo had success with Wentz while serving in the same role for Philadelphia from 2016 to 17. He coached Wentz hard and helped keep him within the structure of the offense. Other coaches haven't had as much luck since. It could prove a fruitful and much-needed reunion. Trubisky is a pending free agent, while Foles is under contract and scheduled to make $4 million this season. Foles and Wentz teammates again? That might be too close to the pass for Wentz's liking. Carolina Panthers cap space $16 million. Their 2021 draft positioning, Carolina has the 8th and 39th overall picks. The Panthers reportedly offered their first round pick plus for Matt Matthew Stafford. That doesn't mean they'll do the same for Wentz. But it's at least evidence they're being aggressive in pursuit of a new signal caller. The pairing of Wentz and up-and-coming offensive coordinator Joe Brady, who interviewed for the Eagles head coaching job a couple of weeks back, could be an interesting melding of the minds. Teddy Bridgewater remains under contract in Carolina and is scheduled to make $17 million this season. New England Patriots, cap space, $55 million. Their 2021 draft positioning, New England has the 15th and 46th overall picks. The void left by Tom Brady was massive, as you'd expect. Cam Newton didn't have much to work with. He went 7-8 as a starter and threw eight touchdowns to 10 interceptions with 12 rushing touchdowns, as New England finished 30th in pass yards per game, 180.6. Newton is scheduled to be a free agent. This would be an incredible storyline with Wentz trying to resurrect his career and the New England dynasty along with it. But is he a fit for offensive coordinator Josh McDaniel and the Patriot way? Houston, Texas. Cap space minus 7 million. 2021 draft position. The Texans traded their first and second round picks to Miami. Their first pick currently is 67th overall in the third round. But that would almost certainly change after a Deshaun Watson trade. If the Texans move on from Watson. They will be in the market for a quarterback. Wentz has a home in Houston, making the Texas potentially more appealing as he thinks about moving his young family. Houston's current cap situation could make Wentz's contract too big to bear, but it's at least worth exploring. Other teams in the QB mix, the Washington football team. Donovan McNabb was traded in the division to Washington late in his career, but would they really do that with the 28-year-old Wentz? New York Jets, General Manager Joe Douglas saw Wentz at his best firsthand when he was in Philly, and New York has plenty of cap room, but they also hold the number two overall pick and might have the resources to land Watson. Denver Broncos. The Broncos reportedly dipped their toe in the Stafford pool, but if they weren't willing to go heavy on Stafford, would they for wins? And, of course, you couldn't talk about teams being in the quarterback race without mentioning the San Francisco 49ers. Report indicates that while the 49ers are exploring options, they are comfortable enough with Jimmy Garoppolo to not overextend. So, there you have the Carson Wentz watch. Joining me here is my good friend Smokey. And I will let him formally introduce himself to You, the listening public, my good friend and brother, Smokey. And like I said, I do have a good friend of mine on the phone. We haven't even met. We haven't even rehearsed, but he's a good friend of mine. He's joining me on the Celebrity Guest Hotline. I simply call him Smokey, but I'm going to let him introduce himself to you. All that are listening to this podcast, my good friend and brother Smokey, the floor is all yours.
4: I appreciate you, appreciate it, Trey. Hey, uh, it's good to be with you, man. Like he said, Smokey, uh, road name ain't Smokey, but for you, I know it's just Smokey to y'all. I'm just glad to be here, man. Thank you for having me.
0: I am glad to have you on, and man, there is a lot going on right now, and uh. Once again, on the A-Train Sports Talk podcast, Smokey is on the line with me. And uh, we're not telling you his last name for a reason because all of a sudden, I would probably get a 1,000 hits on this podcast wanting to know if that is the Smokey that we're talking about. So we're going to just leave you all in suspense, and we're going to have fun with this one. But I was talking about Carson Wentz, and I basically tabbed that segment pretty much as Philadelphia, and Carson Wentz is headed towards a divorce. And my first thought is Philip Rivers has retired. Frank Reich was the offensive coordinator for Carson Wentz's first two years in the league, which is why he was playing at the level of success. And then the quarterback coordinator is also going to the Colts. so it seemed like all roles and destination. Would tend to lead him going to the Indianapolis Colts. So, what you think about that? Sorry, one of our things coming through. Yeah, on the Carson Wentz going to Indianapolis. It seemed like it just makes a lot of sense. Right. Um, Hold on, Trent. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. I can hear you loud and clear. I can hear you. Sorry about that. Okay. But, yeah, as I was saying, Carson went to Indianapolis with the head coach that's already intact, and plus the quarterback coordinator, as they call him, also en route to Indianapolis. It just makes perfect sense, especially if you want to resurrect his career. And these are a couple of guys that he actually trusts with his career. So if he makes that move or if Indianapolis makes that move and gets Carson Wentz, it appears that it could be a win-win situation for both parties. What you think? I mean, I,
4: I think you're right. Uh, but ultimately, I think that we're forgetting about uh, the compensation in which uh, the coach would have to give up for that. Um, Excuse me. I'm the one to believe that um, Carson Wentz isn't really that good, uh, but I am not naive to say that Frank Wright gave him his best years uh, at the helm. You know, so I was Indy. I definitely want to give him a first. Uh, I will consider a second, but a third will be my starting point. And if they can negotiate with the second, to me, to a second, then I wouldn't be, uh, you know. Too pressed on not giving that up, right? Uh, and also, we have to forget about. There was also talk about the Bears, Chicago Bears, in the mix. Uh-huh. Uh huh. I don't know if he's a good fit with them. Uh, I know they have a good defense, but I think they're missing a good running back. With with the Colts, they have a good a good two piece running back with Hines and, uh, with Taylor. Uh, with the Bears, it's Montgomery and and who. Uh, I know they got Alan Robinson, who's a very underrated receiver himself. Um, got a good tight end, Jimmy Graham. You know, he's on the decline a little bit, but he's still serviceable. Uh, but for me, if I'm the coach, I'll be all in. But I'll be hesitant on giving up a first. Well, first wouldn't be in my starting point, sorry. I'll be hesitant on giving up a second, and I'll start at a third.
0: Right. And here's what the Colts are actually looking at. They have a $69 million cap space. And their 2021 draft positioning, they have 21st and 54th overall pick. And uh, like I said, Coach Frank Wright was Wentz's offensive coordinator his first two years, and former Eagles QB coach and passing game coordinator, Press Taylor, is reportedly heading to Indianapolis as well. It it almost appears that, and I'm going to reference this to college basketball, Uh, take for instance Oklahoma State how they get Cade Cunningham well his brother's on the coaching staff so it's kind of like you get the former offensive coordinator and the passing game coordinator well it's like well we get these guys in place we can get the quarterback but you also mentioned some other teams that were in the mix and basically the rundown on that is this right here Chicago Bears as you said. And they have the 20th and 57th overall pick. But they have a minus cap space, minus $510,000. And then you have to look at it like this. Mick Foles is scheduled to make $4 million this coming up season. And Foles and Wentz being teammates again, that might be a little bit too close to the pass for Wentz's liking.
4: Yeah. So all signs right now is pointing to the Colts because uh, everything you said makes 100% sense. And I believe in Chicago, Adam Hamilton will be making the situation a little bit volatile even though they don't have an issue with each other. I, just still, I still believe that position itself, it just wouldn't work out just due to the past history. So I believe it's pointing to the Colts, which is all about who and what they'll give up.
0: Mm-hmm. Now, the Carolina Panthers, who's also in that mix, they have a $16 million cap space, and they have the 8th and 39th overall pick. And of course, I can't think of what the coach's name for the Panthers. I know he came out of Baylor. Uh, but at the same time, Teddy Bridgewater, he still remains under contract and is scheduled to make $17 million. So that might not be a good fit, or how about they
4: were saying? Uh, well I did not. But they were saying that for the Panthers, they were looking to get Zach Wilson out of the draft to develop him, so they can he can be the starter after Teddy Bridgewater's contract is up. Which I don't see an issue with that, but I believe that they don't need to draft a quarterback in the first round. If I'm Carolina, I wouldn't do it. I think Carolina needs more help on the defensive side of the ball and their offensive line. Uh, but I mean, if a coach thinks they need another quarterback for the future, and they think Zach Wilson is the guy, then I'll be, I'll, you know, I guess I'll sign off on that.
0: Okay. And then also, you know, you couldn't go to war without these two teams being mentioned. Uh, If we're looking at basically the top five teams that could possibly show interest, New England Patriots, they have a $55 million cap of space. Me, I don't think I'm just ready to go into that situation. And, of course, you know, Josh McDaniels is still the offensive coordinator, and it's all about the Patriot way, which some have come out and said the Patriot way is really the Tom Brady way. But would you really bet against Bill Belichick? Let's see if he did get a Carson Wentz. But I'm like you. I'm all in on him going to the Colts. But let's just play devil's advocate and say he ends up with the Patriots. Would that be a good fit? Thanks, man. I don't
4: think – I think everybody is probably discounting the Patriots. But, hey, we all know Bill Belichick's history. He's a sneaky fella. So he might be, you know, working underneath the – you know, the, the light to try to get something out of the Philly, you know, with Carson Wentz. So we'll never know. But honestly, uh, Carson Wentz is not going to be, it's not going to be the end-all be-all in in New England. They're going to need a receiver to, to, get a, to, to work it out because uh, Cam Newton, I mean, although he's regressed a little bit, Cam Newton isn't what we saw. Uh, I believe that that not everybody is Tom Brady and I think that they took that for granted. Uh and they do they learned their lesson this year. So I believe this coming off season they're gonna draft some receivers, find some receivers, find some offers of help, and uh get it done
0: over there. And of course another team and you know it, it's it, it it almost seems parallel but yet at the same time we know there's some curves in the road, but And this team right now is dealing with a minus $7 million cap space. And we're talking about the team who also has a disgruntled quarterback who's ready to get out of there, the Houston Texans. And of course, quiet as is kept, if the Texans move on from Watson, they will be in the market for a quarterback. And Wentz has a home in Houston making the Texans potentially more appealing as he thinks about moving his young family. So there is another possibility. But at the same time, they got that $7 million cap space. Uh, it, the Texans, you said? Right. The Houston Texans, right. They got a $7 million cap yes. space. But Wentz has a home in Houston as we speak right now. Which means so there's the potential. Um,
4: so I think when in, in regards to Houston with Carson Wins, uh I mean you got Watson that has an issue. Um so you got Watson and you got Wins. So obviously they're gonna have to watch team switch uh, teams, but you know, Watson is the far superior quarterback. So now we're gonna have to ask for Eagles. Are you gonna hand up some some first round draft pick capital? Watches, watch Yeah, although you're giving us wins, we're going to still need a first-round draft pick to be Um But as far as the overall fit, I think even where the trade goes down, Philly wins that trade to begin with because Houston doesn't really have anybody on that offensive side of the ball. You got a David Johnson who's, who's hurt. who's not mm-hmm. the same David Johnson as it was in 2013, I believe, in Arizona. So you got Will Fuller. You know, he's a decent wide receiver, but is he only good off the of PEDs or is he good? <laughs> you know? So, um, you got Kiki Kuti as well, smart receiver, side receiver, kind of a Kobe type, but he isn't really something like that that will turn heads. Uh, Brandon Cook, same way. He's a journeyman out the league. Um, he's good. He has a good game every once in a while. He'll give you, like, a good four to five games a year with 100 yards. But I mean, what is it that Houston has that's going to make any quarterback successful there? Especially with now you got a new head coach who's what sixty-seven years old and David Cunningham or what was his name? What's the name?
0: Uh, oh, I don't have his name before me right now. But yeah, uh, you, you know, he's first thing he comes not somebody in somebody who's right downtown to turn heads, right? And the first thing he comes in saying, trying to get a little fanfare is. As far as I know, Deshaun Watson, he's a Houston Texan. He will be the he, he said that's the reason I took this job because he's going to be a Texan. You as Lee Corso would say, not so fast. <laughs> I had to had to throw Lee Corso in there. And as far as what mm-hmm. do the Texans have to give up uh for Wentz, as far as their their first pick currently is 67th overall in the third. So there's not much to work with there. So I mean, we're going to have to give
4: them that second. They're going to have to give up that third. Right. The second round or the third round pick. Right. They're going to have to give up the next year's first, whatever you know they got going on. And to me, they let Bill O'Brien sabotage that franchise, man. Like, because you had had a top three talent, at least top three talent in the wide receiver at DeAndre Hopkins.
2: Right. And you
4: got Deshaun Watson still. And then J.J. White is no slouch, but every. Ever since Jim O'Brien left and got like it, it, just been downhill. I mean, I'm a Cowboys fan, so I don't feel I am too. That's our old right? But they're terrible, <laughs> they're trash, and I'm glad they're a perfect choice. Right?
0: <laughs> well, you know what? I, I'm so glad that I have a fellow Cowboys fan on my podcast with me because, uh, you know, we're talking about Houston and their demise, and I, I, I think no one can make more boneheaded moves than John Gruden until Bill O'Brien. And, you know, it's you when you look at the makeup of this Houston team or the lack thereof now, there's talk that even J.J. Watt wants out too. And, you know, the first thing people say is, well, maybe he wants to end his career playing with his brother T.J. Watt in Pittsburgh. But uh, I wouldn't mind seeing him, and maybe you might agree with me on this, I wouldn't mind seeing J.J. Watt in a, Cowboys uniform. Let let that marinate for a little bit. How does that sound? In Dallas, JJ Watt in Dallas. Kind of has a ring to it.
4: So that's that's gonna be interesting, sir. I mean, we. I believe that we need all we need all hands on deck on that defense. Um. And I think he'll give up a spark. He'll give us some name. He'll give us a name that's going to make us go out there and work. I don't believe that he's the game changer as he was. He got the defensive player of the year, JJ Watt. Uh, but do I do, do I believe he'll make us better? Yeah, he'll make us better. Um, so he's still in the contract. So what is it that we're going to trade for him? It can't be anything in the first three rounds. Fourth rounder. I'll entertain that for sure. Fifth round is me up for sure. So. You know, a fourth, I would hand over for J.J. Watt, you know, and see what's going on with him. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, as you know, our our defense this year at the Cowboys was historically bad. Uh, that was even before Dak got hurt. But when Dak got hurt, like, with the historically bad defense, we had no chance in any game that we played. So I know this is kind of a segue to, to something, or maybe not, but it leads us to believe that Dak is more important than what Jerry Jones wants us to believe. And you got to pay that man his money. So you, uh we just finished talking about Deshaun Watson. Man. And I believe personally, I believe Dak is better than Deshaun Watson, in my opinion. Uh If you don't believe that, then you can say that they're head-to-head. And their stat says the same thing. And most people believe that Deshaun Watson is a top-five quarterback. So if you don't believe Dak Profit is better than Deshaun Watson, and they're the same, so he's a top-five quarterback, and give that man his money as a top-five quarterback.
0: Right. I I definitely agree with you. I mean, the the only reason Dak gets scrutinized as much as he do is plain and simple because of what's on his helmet. There are two teams in the NFL that has the distinction. You either love them or you hate them. There's no in-between. And that would be the Cowboys or the Raiders. And isn't it strange that the Cowboys – Is always in the news, even during a losing season, plain and simple. Jerry Jones, the man needs to get out of his own way. If he could fire his own self, he should have did it a long time ago. And look like we have lost our connection with Smokey so what we're going to do right here we're coming up on that time where we need to take a break well I need to take a break anyway so what I'm gonna do is I'm going to go ahead and take a break right here and we will try to reconnect with our guest, So, stay tuned. It is the A-Train Sports Talk podcast. I will be back after this message. Anthony Smith here with A-Train Sports Talk podcast, your conductor. Just want to let you know that this podcast is listener-supported. That's right, driven by you, the listener, who wants to support so click on that support button down there You have three options 99 cents a month, $4.99 a month Or $9.99 a month Will get your ad rent on this podcast So click the support button Your support will be greatly appreciated Once again, Anthony Smith With the A-Train Sports Talk Podcast Want to enhance your workout? the workout bands everyone is talking about three different resistance levels light medium and heavy only at www.cakeybums.com that's www.cakeybums.com www.cakeybums.com to enhance your workout with the resistance bands that everyone is talking about. Hey, what's happening? It's Rick Thomas with Running the Table, and you already know you are on board the A-Train. Hang on for the ride. Welcome back to my next segment. And I still got some guests on this train, as we know it, as the A-Train Sports Talk podcast. And I done picked up an extra passenger. So, Smokey, I'm going to let you introduce this next guest.
5: What's up? Uh, I got my man Ty here, help from New York, BX, you know, or BK, whatever we call them, wherever they're from. But, yeah, he on the line. Real good basketball knowledge, so I hope you enjoy them. hope you enjoy the the dialect and the conversation, dialogue.
0: Hey, Anytime I don't have to spend an hour trying to find content to talk about, I'm all for it. I can just kind of just sit back in the chair and just let you guys go at it. You know what I mean? (laughs) I am elated to have both of you guys on my podcast, and we're going to build this thing up into something. I don't know what it's going to be, but – you say DK. I'm just call him NY, New York. Okay. Tell, tell us a little bit about yourself. Me? Uh,
5: no, I'm all. I'm, all, I'm a lover of sports, music. Uh, I'm into a lot of things, like multifaceted. So I get around about a lot, like a lot of different. Um, I have a different areas of interest. Like it varies quite a bit. So I think I'm well-versed in pretty much not all domains, but in a lot of domains, pretty much.
0: Okay. Now I understand that you are a basketball savant. There was a message I was given, but you said something about music and that caught my attention because uh, Smokey would tell you on my Facebook page, I'm known. I've tabbed as saxophonist Anthony Smith. So I want to ask you something. I don't know if you had a chance to see this today or even seen the video clip. Of course, this being Black History Month. And apparently, I guess NASCAR is trying to show a little diversity. So playing the national anthem, but he sprinkled in a little bit of Liptary voice. And he's a guy from out there in that neck of the woods, saxophonist Mike Phillips, doing the national anthem. What's your thoughts on that? See that.
5: I didn't see that. I wasn't even on in
0: tune today, like on the um, social media platform, so I didn't even see anything like that. To yeah. be honest. As a matter of fact, I will make sure that Smokey get a link to this uh, podcast when I'm done when we're done with it, because my first segment, actually, that's what I started on was NASCAR because today was their uh, their Super Bowl, which is the Daytona 500. So he was the one that opened up with the national anthem and. Of course, anybody who knows anything about music and you do, and I know you know Mike Phillips, especially you've been out there in New York in the yeah. music scene. Everybody knows Mike Phillips. Everybody knows yeah. he's he's like I caught Marshawn Lynch on the saxophone, he's beast mode. Okay. <laughs> so to have him doing that, and of course there was some backlash because of how he sprinkled in lift every voice. And then someone put well maybe They said, maybe we should just do away with that song altogether because of the lyrics in it that they don't sing. And they said this should be the anthem. And they played the Ray Charles, America the Beautiful. (laughs) So, so much for that. Tell me about your basketball knowledge because I want to hear this because I'm way here in the state of Kansas. And most people probably outside of Wichita, Kansas, don't hear too much about Wichita State. In that part of the woods, when y'all hear the name Kansas, y'all probably think Jayhawks.
5: Jayhawks, yeah. Definitely. When you think Kansas, you always, you you don't think, you don't think Wichita State, but you definitely think Jayhawks. And you think uh, Kansas State, Drew Gooden. You think Bill Self. (laughs) (laughs) You know, you're not thinking Fred Bear Lee. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Right. So, uh, hey, so since we said that, we're just going to loosen up a little bit and just have some fun with just now. So, you said Fred Van Vliet. That's Wichita State.
2: Yeah.
0: Who's the last player, and we might do some research on this, but who's the last player out of the three state schools, which is, I mean, basically, go. it used to go like this for a while. Baseball, Wichita State, basketball, Kansas University, football, Kansas State University. Yeah. But then, anybody that has followed Kansas basketball notices that They're kryptonite when it comes to the the NCAA tournament. If you throw a team in there from the Valley, that's usually KU's downfall. If you don't believe me, I'll prove it. They got got knocked off by Bradley years ago, who had a guy in the paint, and I haven't heard from him since then, by the name of Patrick O'Brien. He was a seven-foot shot blocker, game changer. Should have went back to school one more year, but he thought he was ready for the NBA, and the NBA showed him that he wasn't ready. They also got knocked off by, I believe, Northern Illinois. And, of course, you ready for this one? They also got knocked off twice by Wichita State. Now, you probably don't remember 1981, but that was called the Battle of New Orleans. That was the first time we beat them. And some words were said that almost came back and bit Wichita State in the butt because one of the players on the team was very brash. They asked him, what do you think about Kansas University? He said they were overrated. But they backed it up. And then, of course, you see Fred VanVleet, and they knocked off Kansas in the basketball tournament. Mm-hmm. So we we actually hold a 2-0 and record against them in the NCAA tournament. Yes, they have all the banners in the championships, but when it comes to games that count the most, we got them 2-0. to So who's the last player? This is probably trivia to win an NBA championship from either of the big three state schools between KU, K-State, and Chalmers State. Oh, no. No, Van Lee.
5: Of course.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Chalmers was with the Miami Heat. Yeah. And Chalmers, I got to give Chalmers some kudos because he was not afraid of LeBron James. Remember the bloke they had in the huddle? Mm-hmm.
5: Yeah, definitely.
0: Well, Chalmers, was was he on that 06 championship team with
5: Dwayne Wade nah, too? No, no, no. He came out 08. Oh, okay. 08, or 08 Kansas team, yeah. Okay. They, the, they won the title. That's right. Yeah, I remember that. Because was it Brandon Rush at the three mm-hmm. at the end?
0: I believe you are absolutely right on that. So, but yeah, Chalmers, he had a nice good, long career in the association. Nothing nothing
5: really too extravagant, but it was it was very solid. Yeah. I,
0: I, I, mm-hmm. I wouldn't mind seeing a matchup, even though I know they came out years apart. But a matchup between a Fred VanVleet and a Mario Chalmers, who do you think gets the best of that duo? I, 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 I think Fred I
5: think Fred got him. Yeah. I, think, I think Fred was like terribly underrated when he came out of school, to be honest. Cause I I looked at him as like even though he's smaller on the smaller side I know the NBA has shifted to bigger guards I was actually thinking that he should have gotten drafted like late first round because sometimes I see people get drafted in the first round I'm, I'm thinking like what's going on here like why what's what's the deal with this pick and then Van Vliet. People like Van Vliet, Draymond Green, they slip into the second round and they go undrafted. But that tournament run that Van Vliet had, so yeah, that should have been, been that yeah. should have been enough to be a first round. Free. First round, make first, first round. But then in. he went undrafted though, so that's kind of and and that's where it comes back to the bias of blue bloods because if you look at uh what's these kids' name, the brothers, the Duke point guards, what's their names? Jones, mm. Ty Tyson, Ty Jones. That's right, yeah. Tyson Jones really had just one run. To the championship, but and that carried in him. 16, but that brother. carried him into the first round. Mm-hmm. But prior to that, he didn't do anything. And Trey Jones really wasn't that impressive overall. But he got. But he still got. He still got a first round choice. Mm-hmm. But he was still first round traffic. So mm-hmm. I always wonder about like you know the bias between blue bus but I think the gap is closing in that regard because if you think about it, a lot of these kids went to. Smaller schools like. um Did Courtney Lee go to Wichita or did he go to Wyoming? Where did Courtney Lee go to? Courtney Lee? No, nah, he didn't go. I thought he went to. Did he go? He didn't go to Wichita State? No, nah, he didn't. Oh. Mm-hmm. To something else. I thought he went to Wichita or one of them. I don't the only the only not the only other person. I remember Cle Anthony Early because he played on the Knicks. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. And then I remember uh, another another one played on the Knicks as well. I can't remember his name.
0: Yeah, uh, uh, Ron Baker.
5: Yes, they, I remember, uh, I remember them specifically, but I think they were all on the same team. I'm
0: not sure though. Yeah, they were all on, as a matter of fact, they were on that undefeated Wichita State team. That mm-hmm. you, you know, when you hear people like Doug Gottlieb talk and some of the other ones, you almost want to just vomit when they start talking now. Doug Gottlieb, though, he did give some major kudos to Fred VanVleet his freshman year when they made that final four run because uh, he was talking to Greg Marshall, former coach. (laughs) Did I I say former coach? Yeah. Former coach, Greg Marshall. (laughs) Yeah. $7 million buyout to right off into the sunset, but Greg Marshall, he said, you know, I really like that freshman kid you have out there, and Greg thought maybe he was talking about Ron. He said, no, the other one. He said, oh, Fred. He said, man, he said he's not the most athletic, but he has major balls. He referred to Fred as having major balls. He said the kid is has crazy work ethic. So when you hear Fred talking about bet on yourself, he, major ball. He, he means every word of it. I mean yeah. – He's the epitome of someone working to get to where he has got. Nothing was handed to him. From he was, he wasn't even highly recruited out of high school.
4: Mm-mm.
5: I
0: mean, he went to Wichita State. I mean, they know <laughs> no
5: changed
0: him. But as I mean, the thing
5: about it is that they they don't have this whole thing right anyway. Because especially the way recruiting is going now, if you just upload a highlight tape with all your flashy dumps, that could get you invited to a big camp and that could get you on a ESPN one hundred lightning fast, mm-hmm. right? hmm I mean, if you look at it, you got Evangeles, the the Daniel Lillards, like CJ McCullums, these people are going to low D ones, if you whatever if you want to call it that, low D one schools, right? Mm-hmm. They're out better than People that went to Duke, the Trey Jones, the Tyus Jones, and what is that? I think people are overlooking talent just because of where they where they basically okay. right. go to Go to school that Go to school or mm-hmm. in a sense where they go play. Pitch. Train and all that. Yeah. It's just right. it's just I think everybody should get a fair shake, not just because you went to a school. And I think this year is proven that. Because Duke and North Carolina are about to have their first matchup like unranked in like probably what twenty years? Both of them being unranked.
0: Probably longer than that. I think it's been said like like, close to sixty years, I believe. Yeah. That 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 that, just to think about that, if it's really been that long to think that this is the first time they played unranked against each other in that long, that speaks volumes. But it also lets you know now that when you look at the top twenty-five, we are definitely living in different times and quite frankly. I'm happy about that because at least it's not football season and you already know Clemson, Alabama, Alabama and two other schools.
5: Yeah. That's right. Ohio State,
0: Ohio State maybe. Ohio State,
5: FSU, whatever. On the year, Auburn. Yeah.
0: So, when you look at this top 25 which I have it pulled up right now. I mean, who would have thought that and we're basically going down the stretch right now because it's February, the dog days of basketball, college basketball. Number one, Gonzaga. Number two, Baylor. Number three, Villanova. Number four, Michigan. Number five, Houston. Of course, Houston got knocked off by East Carolina this past Wednesday, which is given help to a school like Wichita State because right now, as it is, the AAC now is basically, if you listen to Joel Nardi and other bracketologists, the AAC, the American Athletic Conference, is now a one-bid league. Now, why do I make put emphasis on that? Because the league that Wichita State came from, the Missouri Valley Conference, has an undefeated Drake team, and I think a two- or three-loss Loyola team, who was in yeah. the Final Four a few years ago, they have them as a two-bid league. Mm. Ironic getting that. Yeah, mm. of course, right? <laughs> make the
5: trade, make the changeover, oh. and then all of a sudden this league has. Uh... Now, you talked about Cade Cunningham earlier. He came up big against Texas today. Uh, they unranked. They beat the number six, Texas. That's Texas' second loss this week. Um, So that they're gonna fall.
0: Yeah, there's going to be some falls going on in the top 25 rankings because, like you said, Texas lost this week, Uh, but Houston lost this week, and Villanova also lost this week. Yeah. So that will give teams who are you know whose conferences might be a little bit shaky, uh, give teams hopes of maybe getting into maybe even as an at-large or maybe win their conference regular season and then playing a good, strong conference tournament because we don't know how this stuff is going to play out with this. As they say, but honestly, the it's worst. wide open.
5: Not in a, There's not no dominant, a dominant team in, in, in the NCAA. Like, it's wide open. Uh, so I don't believe speeding this year is going to be a factor, especially with no fans to begin with anyway. Right. Um, so... Uh, The
4: NCAA circuit is, is very up for grabs.
0: Absolutely. Now, with that being said, though, if I was to say Gonzaga and Baylor versus the field, what would you say in a rebuttal? Would you take that or would you go against that?
5: I'm going against it. I, yeah, turning time, everything slows yeah, down. You can't get I'm going against it. Yeah. I would for them to be in the finals, them two only? Yeah. That's that's what you're asking. Yeah, I would take the so field. You'll, you'll, you'll take the field then, huh? Yeah, the yeah. field the field it. You have I feel like in most cases you kinda have to because Gonzagas they're not playing anybody out there. And then Gonzaga's Gizaga, been here before. Like, let's not forget it. Like, it's not their first first time being one. No, no, that's what I'm – but what I'm saying is it's not the first time being number one. So it's not like we've seen something new, but, oh, we got to be Gonzaga.
4: No, it doesn't got to be there. They're not going to win it, though. But yeah.
5: I just think when he's playing, you know, you get them battle scars going toe-to-toe with better competition night after night, you know, when you're in these bigger conferences. But then I'm actually – like – Going back to what I said about them catching up in the sense of like you know lower D1 programs. At the same time, Gonzaga is not top tier either, right? So Baylor, Baylor is more of a top tier school than Gonzaga because their conference. Because they're conference. So I think conference conference play still conference play still matters because you're you're playing against better competition, right? Gonzaga yeah, is just like San Diego San Diego Saber back in the day my opinion, because I think they came from the same conference, right? Pacific West, or
0: yeah. Uh, yeah. Matter of fact, if I'm correct, I think Kawhi Leonard played at San Diego State, didn't he? Yeah,
5: yeah. San Diego State, Fresno Georgia State. Yeah, so I believe like they're all. Yeah, they. All Georgia. Yeah, so I mean, they always have a good basketball teams, but they just don't have enough to get, like, to get over. But the thing edge. is, Gonzaga recruited really well this year, so that's the thing. And they also been developing players over the last couple of years, because Gonzaga's not like the blue bloods where they've just been turning over mm-hmm. their roster year after year, right? Which is why I think this is finally caught up to them because they didn't get those top ten recruits because they left to the D League. So like now it's actually come back to haunt them. Whereas Gonzaga still has, you know, some leftovers from previous years that began to plans and they insert these other rookies and it's actually paying off.
0: Right. Now, there is a game of interest that's going on right now as we speak. In the Big East, with like 23 seconds left, Creighton is holding on to a narrow lead over Marquette, 71-68 to right now. So, hopefully that game will go final here eventually. And Houston... And I believe this is the score is correct. They rebounded from their disastrous loss to unranked Eastern, East Carolina. I guess this had to been a fill-in game. Had to be with a score like this. They won their game one twelve to forty six over Our Lady of the Lake.
5: Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's a Texas team. That's a private school. Our Lady Lake the University. University.
0: They yeah. they should have left them at the lake. <laughs> yeah, literally <Exactly. laughs> you shouldn't even went by the lake to pick them ladies up because I mean it just looks like they played a school of women I mean <laughs> a
5: woman, USA women's team versus anyone so I mean,
0: they, they they um, should have at least went and scheduled UConn's women's team and got better competition than that I, I, I probably shouldn't have said that but I mean, difference? Houston is is a higher tier of D one
5: than Our Lady of the Lake, right? I mean, Our Lady of Lake, not even D1, so like that's, that. That shows that's, you the disparity between the two. That's D three. That's like that's Class five A high school basketball.
0: And <laughs> I'll give them a little bit of credit. Maybe NAIA basketball. <laughs> yeah, okay,
5: I'll give you that. <laughs> that's Class six
0: A <6A> basketball, <laughs> <laughs> right there. I mean, they could have came here and played against Sunrise Christian Academy, for God's sakes. I mean, come on. But I guess maybe, maybe this is one of those games, you know, because of COVID issues and whatnot, maybe they had to they had to find a fill-in game. So. And as you said earlier, Oklahoma State knocks off Texas 75-67. Cunningham hits one of those step backs, which he's been known mm-hmm. for. I mean – we seen him do that. He came around to Wichita <clears throat> against Wichita State. Now, Dexter Dennis, I don't know if you are familiar with that name. He's a defensive specialist. Held him to ten points. Don't too many people hold Kate Cunningham kind of to ten points, but Kate uh-huh. came up with the winning shot. As they say, sometimes not the gaudy stats It's coming up with that clutch shot when your team needs it, and that's what he did. And they walked. Was, away. They walked away that with that like a three point victory.
5: Yeah, but is Kate Cunningham a top talent in the draft, though? In my opinion, I don't think he is. I I I think that's you're you're bugging out. I don't <laughs> I don't think he is,
4: but we'll just we'll just go off on that. To me, I don't I don't think nobody in this draft ring bells to my name. I
5: think I think NBA is all situational sometimes though. I think you have the right coach. Um, I just don't the right see right players in- on the team. I think you could. And if you're not on the right team or wrong coach, it could all go terribly for you. Like, for instance, I think Lamelo is on the right team in the Charlotte Hornets. From the from the time that I saw the draft come out, the draft order come out, I I targeted the Hornets because I thought they could run, they can be they have they have athletic players, they have shooters. LaMelo's perfect for that system, right? But now their coach, who comes from Greg Pop's uh, tree of coaching he has a philosophy against rookies right right now the team is a little bit banged up so they're, inputting, they're starting to input Lamelo into the starting lineup which i think he should have been starting since maybe game 10 because devontae graham has been really erratic all mm-hmm. year right like i don't know how many times you're gonna see this man shoot three for 15 and still starting it. it's not working well that's because last year he 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 had a yeah yeah he yeah. came out he had a coming up yeah, yeah 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 and I I yeah I get you have to wait on it but right now it's not so you have to do what's best for your team but because of that I think it's stunted Lamelo's rookie campaign somewhat so far I mean think about it he had triple double in back to back nights oh well he yeah, had a triple double almost triple double in the first night and then the next night he went out and got the triple double he's now the youngest uh player in the NBA. Have a triple double, and that just goes to show off the bench. Just goes to show like how yes, immense his talent is.
0: Mm-hmm. He's definitely like, better than his older brother.
5: Yeah, Longo's
0: most nine. most definitely.
5: Yeah, <laughs> I, I said that. But you can blame his father for that though. So I, I don't think it's his father. I think, I think no, he his father has something to do with his. His ability to play in the NBA, in my opinion, I don't know. Even though, even though in college I still didn't think that he was good because he was, he was trash player. in college, yeah. in my opinion. I thought Dr. Fox was definitely a better point But one, he's just playing in the wrong era <laughs> as a point guard in today's NBA. He's not athletic like the top tier point guards. I mean, he got okay vision. His shooting is improved, but it's still not elite. He doesn't really he like de- I, he defends. He he defends okay. I believe that his processing in his processing of the defense in terms of. His playmaking ability is subpar, though. So I think that's what gets him. I, I I can agree with that. I think his playmaking is not as elite as they try it, to they say, say it. Well. Well. Yeah, his brother's definitely his, a demonstrator. He turns the ball over, but he's definitely a playmaker. play-maker. Yeah, and that can the turnovers you know, can be. Yeah,
0: I I would and, think I would think on a level between the two, Lamelo is more of the playmaker. Alonzo, he's more of the role player. When you, when yeah, you break it I down and when you look yeah. at him, he's – and the thing I'm so elated about, we don't get to hear Lamar Ball's big mouth running. At least now he has finally decided to stay in his lane. I, right. I, but I never had him um, running uh, his
5: mouth. I actually enjoyed it. Uh, to uh, me, for me,
0: for me, personally, right? I mean, it was because, good for a while, but after so long – it's, it's like a I, like a little fly flying around or a little gnat flying around. you trying to enjoy your meal, and this gnat or this fly keep flying around. you having to keep shooting. I shoot. know. And, and so after, and after a while, that's how he became. He became like that little gnat or that fly that wouldn't leave you alone while you're trying to enjoy a good bowl of collard greens and cornbread. <laughs> <laughs> right. Not,
5: to me, I just enjoyed it because
0: it, you don't mm. –
5: I don't think there's anything wrong with championing your children, right? And even Amon Shumpert, right, even came out recently on like a podcast as well, and he was like, "Why not gas your kids, right?" Nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with gassing kids, and I feel I feel like that's what he was doing. Yes, I think think that they do whatever. You can be in the NBA. My sons are the greatest, and that's fine to say that. But once you interject yourself in your son's business, I believe that's when it gets an issue. I I think. where he went wrong, if he just continued championing his children and saying my my kids are the greatest without that's okay. anybody's name. Yeah, that's cool. When he started to include Steph Curry, LeBron James. Michael and, Jordan. Like, yeah, like that's when things kind of went left. But if he would have just. Yeah, if I know my son isn't that good, but I still want to boost his ego, yeah, I'm going to yeah, still say yeah, it. Yeah, I think that's where he messed up. But. And I got to that. I got to Lonzo's head though, because like you can tell he did. Oh, he's, like, he's gonna be the greatest thing ever. Oh,
0: he got Kobe. Kobe's through there. hair. like, nah. And Magic Johnson didn't help the situation on either, cause he first thing comes off his mouth.
3: Yeah, That's his, his
0: jersey is gonna be up there in the Raptors with all yes. the greats. Like, y'all putting all that pressure on that kid, and you seen how he played in that uh, title game. <laughs> I mean. He went up against yeah. Kentucky, and he was looking like a deer in headlights. Like, like he was mesmerized. Like, what do I? This, I'm not used to seeing this kind of talent. <laughs>
5: <laughs> he dodged Darren Fox over a year after that. He didn't play in any matchups. No, nope. anytime Darren Fox was on the yeah, and they they played four times because they're in the same division, same conference. Mm. He didn't play.
0: House. Matter of but, fact, uh, wasn't it Patrick Beverly? He made it his duty. I'm going after this kid from the get-go. I want to I, t- I want to test his manhood. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I can't
5: stand Patrick Beverly. Him in that whole bubble situation last year made me despise that man even more. Pat Beverly, Patrick Beverly is a nuisance. Who, who, who was it? They said uh Y'all letting Patrick Beverly gas? I love. Him. He don't be doing. It. He just be running around for forty eight minutes. Bro, that man is. Whatever. He knows what he's doing, man. But he is a straight up nuisance. Oh, it was, I think it was Westbrook because they got hella beat. Yeah, it was Westbrook probably. Yeah, he was like, yeah, Patrick Beverly gas. Y'all, he just be running around and talking. And. Talking about Westbrook. What's up with Westbrook and these Wizards? I thought that would be a perfect matchup. Like, you know, perfect combination. Him and Bill. You know that wasn't gonna work, man. That's
0: I, not gonna work. Not you know that
5: work. Work. I, I felt like I felt like it was kind of not not in the sense that it would work for Bill. Beale. Like Bill's his scoring through the roof right now, right? But I was saying the team kind of reminded me of the OKC team when you when, when they first, first started when they first won the when mm-hmm. they first at MVP, right? I thought that it, it mirrored it in a sense that he could still make it work, but he's, he's he said Who, so I, West? I, I give him the benefit. No. Um but they still haven't really um, like I just still think the Wizards is trash. I think that's just what that I mean, is. I, think they got, I like I like uh Kachimura. I really like Hachimura like Burchance too. I like I like I like I like I like them.
0: I like ladies? them. I like them. Uh, Now, here's here's what this deal is right here. We have roughly 45 seconds before this segment ends. So what I want to do to lead into the next segment, because tomorrow's a big game, the Super Bowl. We got less than 30 seconds, but this is going to lead into the next segment. Who's your pick, Tampa Bay or Kansas City? Hold that thought for the next 15 seconds when I end this segment. When we come back, we're going to dive right into that one. And it's going to get hot and heavy. So stay tuned. The train is building up steam. Anthony Smith here with A-Train Sports Talk podcast. Your conductor. Just want to let you know that this podcast is listener supported. That's right. Driven by you, the listener, who wants to support so, click on that support button down there. You have three options 99 cents a month, 4 dollars a month, or $9.99 a month. We'll get your ad rent on this podcast. So, click the support button. Your support will be greatly appreciated. Once again, Anthony Smith with the A Train Sports Talk Podcast. Want to enhance your workout? Try the workout bands everyone is talking about. Three different resistance levels. Light, medium, and heavy. Only at www.cakeybums.com That's www.cakeybums.com www.cakeybums.com To enhance your workout with the resistance bands that everyone is talking about hey what's happening it's rick thomas with running the table and you already know you are on board the a train hang on for the ride Welcome back to my final segment. I got the fellas on here. I got Mr. New York, and I got my man Smokey on here. I got two passengers on this one train, and we're building up a head of steam. We talked about everything from college basketball to Lamar Ball. Yeah, we done resurrected the dead. Lamar Ball, that's only because we're talking about his sons. We talked NBA. We talked NFL. Now we're going to talk Super Bowl. Some people are hailing it as maybe this could be the passing of the torch between Patrick Mahomes and Tom Brady. Some have said, no, it's not Brady versus Mahomes. It's Kansas City versus Tampa Bay. Be that as it may, Mm. it's going to be a game. Super Bowl 54. The GOAT, or maybe not the GOAT. Maybe the best there ever was, best there ever is, best there ever will be. Of course, that sounds like Bret Hart.
4: Right. <laughs> R.I.P.
0: Versus the future Hall of Famer, Patrick Mahomes. Or, as I have referred to him as, maybe he could be the Michael Jordan of the NFL. Because there are some other good up-and-coming teams, but the problem is, they gotta go up against Kansas City and Patrick Mahomes. Tomorrow, Super Bowl 54, the Bucks versus the Chiefs. Fellas, have at it. All right. So
5: I'll go, I'll go first. Um first of all, I was reading some kind of crazy stat. Well, me and me and my boy Ty, you call him New York. We saw some other some some head to head stats, which like just like the only Super Bowl where both Super Bowls or both quarterbacks won a Super Bowl and a Super Bowl MVP. Yeah. And then some other crazy stats. So it was like, okay, well, first of all, that's automatically a, a good matchup. Um, but then you also got somebody who's on a quest to win seven seven championships. Man, that's that's crazy. I and mean, if he wins, he can automatically probably be in the consideration as the best team sport player that ever lived. You know what I'm saying? If you win seven. Uh, but then, you know, I'm going to explain. Uh, my man talked a good reason in which how Mahomes could have his legacy by winning this and by pursuing another angle uh, after after winning this. I'll let him explain this. But for me, I got, I got Tampa Bay winning by, by probably eight points. I'd say 35, 27, around that score. Um, hmm. Me, I I got to go with my it's the it's baby goat. That's what I call it. I, I have never seen anything like this in football. I'm thoroughly impressed. Um, well, my angle on it was, if he wins now, he plays out his team in the NFL, right? That will put him at, what, maybe two, or something like that in that mm-hmm. ballpark, right? Mm-hmm. He can go pitch in MLB if he wanted to, right? Was that his position? I'm pretty sure was mm-hmm. he was a pitcher. Mm-hmm. He can go pitch. If he wins, let's say if he won games in 10 years in a club, I think that makes him like the... Biggest dual athlete. sport athlete, biggest athlete ever. ever period. Mm-hmm. Like that would be insane if we ever saw that. I don't think it'd happen. I think he's, I think his heart is really in in football. And as long as Andy Reid's the coach, I think it will remain that. Because I think he's having fun with the weapons. I mean, and there's a lot of weapons in the City with L.C. Hill. You got Belt. You got freaking Edwards, hilaire You got a hard, men, you hard guys,
0: man. Wild kids, you yeah, got Kelsey, Le'Veon Bell, on and on. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
5: So, Trey, let me ask you this though. Let me ask you this, and your thoughts. Um, if Patrick Mahomes wins this Super Bowl, and he has what eight years remaining, and he doesn't win no more Super Bowls, is he Hall of Famer after this after this season?
0: Yes. First first ballot, though. First ballot? Most, present, I would say... Yeah, go ahead. I would say most definitely first ballot. And if Kansas City is always in a contention to, even if they get to the Super Bowl and don't win, because you know there's going to be some type of roster turnover, they're not going to mm-hmm. be able to sustain all of those weapons. But mm-hmm. what also plays a big factor, if they can develop other talented receivers, you know, because the way his contract is structured out over the course of some years now, as opposed to all that money in five years, and you really just can't do nothing. It's stretched out over like, I believe, a 10-year deal. So you probably can wiggle in, you know, some other contracts, keep him some ample weapons, keep Kelsey there as long as you can, keep Tyreek Hill there. And, well, Watkins, you can always find another Sammy Watkins type. Those yeah. are, A- so, A- you know, you just plug, just plug in another Sammy Watkins type. Uh, of course, you know, if Hel- Edwards was if he continues to improve, well, he may demand some big money, but then at the same time, if they keep their heads on straight, they may say, you know what? I want this type of contract, but I want it to where we can continue to get weapons to keep this train going. So, because of the fact that Mahomes right now is a must-see TV. He is the equivalent of Sammy Sosa and Mark McGuire in their home run battle. It didn't matter what you was doing when that battle was on and either one of them was on TV. wherever you was at, if you was in a shopping mall at a TV shop, if one of them was up to bat, you stopped while they were at bat to watch what they were going to do to see if they was going to outslug each other. That's what Mahomes is. Mahomes is must see TV. What kind of passes is he going to throw? Is he going to throw one those baseball passes? Or is he going to throw one those those shuffle passes to an offensive lineman? Or is he going to do one of those across-his-body passes to an offensive lineman that catches the pass in the end zone? Mahomes is must-see TV. So, yes, first ballot Hall of Famer. Hmm. I told you. And you can make up any stat. Being a stat error,
5: you can make up any stat. Fastest into 10,000 yards. Fast to this. Fastest to I mean, uh, 100 touchdowns. Mahomes, so all these, Mahomes is nice. Let's not let's not get in. He has all these records already that we're not but, even thinking about. But you still got to go against the goat, Tom Brady. All right. They could, they could make up some shit like 65. We still got to go against Tom Brady. 60, the first the first uh, quarterback to have 65 percent completion Okay. We we, we we touched on Mahomes though, but if Brady wins this, he's going to submit his legacy as the best quarterback to ever touch the ball, and it's probably going to be for the longest period of time. Like you don't know that. If they win, it's gonna be quiet. It's a wrap. We don't know. That. Patrick Mahomes cannot be better than Tom Brady at we any point in his career if he beats him.
0: We don't know that. He can. I like. I, I like this. I like this banner going on because it sounds like the odd couples. It's not It sounds sound like Chris Broussard and Rob Parker. I like the way y'all are going at it. Keep it up. <laughs> 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 I'm uh, loving it.
5: Hold that, bro. We There's too it. much time. And what I said was hypothetical, right? We can talk about Patrick Mahomes being arguably the best athlete of all time, right? Mm-hmm. If he does what I said to yeah. do possibly, right? Yeah. But I'm saying if he stick, sticks with football for the long haul and plays twenty years like a Brady, mm-hmm. what record is Brady gonna have? <laughs> yeah. First of all, the rings. If he don't get the hey, seven, I mean, besides seven, what record is Brady gonna have? And even if, if so, we, even if he, is, got to, if he got to four, it would still be no. Michael it wouldn't I, because I, now you now you're crossing into different. Like, now you're crossing into I LeBron like, James and Michael Jordan territory like when he, it comes. If he had four and he shattered every record, that's like LeBron, Michael Jordan. But well, who's the goat? Well, so LeBron, I mean, Michael Jordan is right. Right now, yeah. But LeBron, but, 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 listen, if LeBron wins, I'm saying if LeBron possibly. Win six, right? Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that he's out of the Right now, he's out of the argument. Does Lebr- LeBron per- win six? His his, his uh, win percentage in the finals is. So it got to be what six out of twelve? Yes. Of okay. 12. But you got to win fifty percent. Yes, I, I give you. Yes, going to the finals almost every year is an accomplishment. That's cool. Yeah, but you got to win. Yeah. Right. But I'm saying, let's say Mahomes doesn't. In in the, in regards to Mahomes, he doesn't get this, so he's not losing Right. but he doesn't. Yeah, but okay, just, but, but every time he goes to zero, he's like, maybe he's like 4 4. 4 4. I, I feel like that's. But he got and he got all the records. And he got all the records. I feel like that's kind of in the same. No, thing. because head to head. And, if they went time, head, to head one that one time, time, But that one time, Brady was 45 and Patrick Mahomes was 25. This is 25. That so is, that's head to head. And head you go. Know. This is why I kind of hate the whole football quarterback versus quarterback because it's really never quarterback against quarterback. It's always quarterback versus defense. Right. So one person, Tom Brady, right, played mm-hmm. Peyton Manning oh, a, a lot of times. Time. Right. Yeah. All right. The well, bell was, of
0: 1812. Yep. The bell of 1812.
5: <laughs> what was the difference? Tom Brady had a defense. top five defense. Uh, that, what? Not top five, but, it, it was, but his defense was better, but it, it wasn't no top, top, was top five. It wasn't top five. What from, from 03 to 09? The Patriots not, were not top, top five. five. It, uh, I mean, they had, they had top five. Not you know? top five. From, not every year. Not from 03, 05 to, to 09, they were damn near top five every year. So they were decent. At least top, they 10. Were I, top they, 10. They were decent. Top 10. I'll give top, top. you top 10. i give you top 10. All right. Where, where, where were the Colts? <laughs> I mean, they're the right there, Nick.
0: Like, I mean, yeah, pay the in bottom
5: third.
0: That doesn't matter, though.
5: That does you, matter.
0: You You know what? I could. I can I can tell you what was going on with the Colts. I can tell you what was going on with the Colts. The Colts, during that era, they had their big three as well too. They had Peyton Manning, uh, Marvin Harrison, and Dallas Clark, and, and Edron James. Dallas, oh, yeah. Dallas Clark was his his security blanket, the tight end. Yeah, didn't too. that didn't that team kind of remind you of the Dallas Cowboys and the fact that they had Troy Aikman, Emmitt Smith? Michael Irvin and of course uh I think it was Jay Novacek was the tight end for Troy Aikman. Yeah. Oh. The difference was Dallas had a defense. Mm-hmm. Something right. that the Colts didn't have because I was always salivating okay. to see All right. I don't I was, want to touch it. I was always, can... I was always salivating to see that matchup in the Super Bowl and it never happened. Because that would have been epic. Of course, we never got to see Aikman against Brady either, because Jerry Jones got in his own way and killed the franchise when he brought in Switzer and whoever else after that.
5: All right, but what we're not going to do talk about the Cowboys <laughs> like they died. You, hey, a a the top, you, not one of the top five franchises in NFL history. That's what we're not going to do. But, <laughs> uh, but right no, now but are you are,
0: Col- are you an anti cowboy? Col- are you an anti cowboy? Oh, I'm a, I'm a Cowboys fan. Oh, okay, what- okay. I want to make sure I was talk. I wouldn't. I want to make sure we're an anti cowboy on here because I'm like, there's two cowboy fans on here, and I need to know where the third allegiance is at because uh, we ain't going to have that cowboy bashing on my show. That that, that ain't going to happen. We're going to lay hands on and get you delivered if you. No. <laughs> right. Well, back on the
5: coat, though. Back the on coat the coat, hat- so. Yo, the coat hat- Oh, the coach had Bob Sanders, Dwight Freeney, Robert Mathis. He was injured all the time. Yo, the coach had that defense. Dwight Freeney was the best player, and best Robert team. Mathis. So Bob Sanders was injured fifty percent of the time. Was he not? That yeah, man, Booger
0: McFarland. That man would trip, and he would <laughs> out Booger. <laughs> yeah, Booger McFarlane on that defense. By he the way, good. Booger. By the way, Booger real good on the ESPN panel analyzing games. I just said. <laughs> no, he's not. Let's not do that. <laughs> I mean, it would be nice if he could join us, but you know, I think we're doing a good enough job. We don't need him. So
5: <laughs> we can use some Tony Romo though. Use yeah, who? Tony Romo.
0: Oh man, definitely, definitely. I mean. Man, if we want to talk about announcers of the game, but no, let's get back to this Super Bowl. I know I got you guys stirred up, but let's get back to the Super Bowl because there are some very interesting plots and storylines, and I'm going to let you guys have it again because I like the banner between you guys. But Kansas City has a problem right now, or at least if you listen to the media, they have a very glaring problem. They have two guys on their offensive line that are out and that the Tampa Bay defense, Is salivating to get to that line and tear that line up. But anybody that knows anything about Andy Reid and his preparation time, you give Andy Reid two weeks to prepare for a team, I believe his record is something like 24-6. and He don't lose when you give him time to prepare. And knowing what they're up against with their offensive line, still, there's a big difference between Brady and, And Mahomes with Brady he has to have a clean pocket yes sir Mahomes doesn't have to have a clean pocket now we usually give receivers the term playmakers but that's what makes Patrick Mahomes what he is he is a playmaker that happens to play quarterback and if I his space. pocket collapses, oh. he can improvise and make things happen, whereas Brady, he's basically a lame duck. So, really, the pressure really is on Tampa Bay's defense because the fact that if you don't get to Mahomes knowing that he has two offensive linemen out, then the pressure's more on Did Tampa. anybody watch the Super Bowl last year? All right. Did anybody
5: watch the Super Bowl last year? The, what he's trying to say is if the pocket shuts down – Brady is not going anywhere. Really. He's not running for the But did anybody out. watch the Super Bowl last year? Because Patrick Mahomes wasn't doing shit the first half, the first three quarters, eight. actually. And he didn't do anything the first three quarters in all the games. And guess what? He still he, won. He, but he won at the end,
0: but he damned uh, it. I will say this, and Kansas City fans were split on this, too. I know exactly where you're going with that, and Kansas City fans were split. But who was the running back to had last year? Williams, I believe his name. Williams. He is the one who should have, in my eyes, he should have he should have been the MVP. And yes, if yes. you listen to Patrick Mahomes, I think even Patrick thought the same thing too. So I think Williams should have went to Disney and not Patrick Mahomes, or Patrick Mahomes should have to Disney name with
5: him. So Patrick Mahomes was not the reason why the Chiefs won the Super Bowl last year. So be dead with
0: that. I mean he came uh, he came through in the clutch moments. Yeah, but Williams yeah. was the, was the bus that they rode. At over 150 or something? Yeah. It's a quarterback.
5: Let's not act like But but not. I'm not but what I'm saying is you y'all are sleeping Brady, yeah, he, he can't outrun these people, but if you get it. what I'm telling you is this Tom Brady, forty three years old and all, is gonna show this all man right. why he's to go all and right. it's a wrap. What I'm trying to say is Tom Brady, right? Where have his losses come? Against yeah. T yeah. solid tie from, Yes, right? but we not that's what point. he Trying to say, but well, what I'm telling you is other than that. Tom Brady is seven or well, six and ten in the Super Bowl. Yes, 60%. No. Bro, it's quiet. Yeah, Tampa Bay the, 35, the one, and, the, and the Seahawks. No, there was no giving him one with the Falcons. He took that. Falcons. The Falcons did not give him one.
0: Bro, all they had to do was run the ball, man. <laughs> to, and he did not. That's not a button, you know what? The, the Falcons. There is, there is something about teams that the, that the Patriots, when Tom Brady was a Patriot, have played in either the playoffs or the Super Bowl, and they haven't been the same since, maybe outside of Seattle because they're still relevant. But the tuck, the, have- <laughs> the, the, tuck, the tuck rule, and the Raiders haven't been the same since. Yeah. The Falcons blew that lead. They played stupid football in the second half. And I, I'll say this, and I'll say it until I'm dead. I hope I don't die tomorrow. But when you have that lead, I mean, you still do some of the same things you do that got you the lead. But at the same time, you also start to milk the clock a little bit. Wear down your defense,
5: They'll run the ball,
0: it. run it, yes. make them stop you.
5: Yes, sir. Because well, Matt Ryan sure stripped the ball off to Devontae Freeman. Stop running. Stop running. Yeah. Done. It's a wrap. Yeah action just go you know but uh I'm just I'm just not sold on the fact that Tom Brady's gonna let the Chiefs beat him. Then there's an elephant in the room in which Andrew Reed's son almost killed a five year old child this weekend. Yeah I saw that who's a coach on the team so they already automatically gonna deal with that you know so you know, you don't want to have that you know throw into the reason why they're gonna lose but I believe that they're that's gonna be affected by it.
0: They, they, well, you know, I'll, I'll say this: in situations like that, that can either have a negative effect or a positive effect. Uh, and yes, he is an offensive coordinator. But guess what? Last time I checked, so is Eric Bieniemy. How he's gonna feel? I got a job, a head coaching job. If I'm Eric Bieniemy. The first thing I'm doing is I'm not taking calls from the New York Jets. That's no no. The second thing is, I, no, this is me personally. I don't see Eric Biennami coaching in the NFL. And I'm going to tell you why. And he's a college coach? I'm going to tell you why. I believe someday, Yes, and you got ahead of me a little bit, but I don't mind that. He's going to be back. He's going to be in college, and guess where he's going to be at? He's going to be at the place where he got his start in college, Colorado Buffaloes. Ain't nobody saying that. So when that's heard, it's going to be heard right here first. Um, Because right now, why would you mess with happiness? Do the man want to be a coach? I'm pretty sure he does want to be a head coach. I mean, he would have thrived in God rest his soul, Dennis Green. I was listening to Keyshawn. The one thing about Dennis Green was when you looked over there on his coaching staff, and it's not like he was just picking them out just because they were black, but they had credentials and he knew that what they were worth. So he had a staff, half his staff was black coaches. Something that you don't hardly see today. But uh,
5: black. Huh? Bruce Arians for the Tampa Bay Bucks. His whole staff is
0: black. Yeah, you see, that's what I'm saying. So some are making these in rods to, you know, to get these guys in the position. But I think when at the end of the day, you look at what Kansas City have right now. For the while, for a while, and I know you say you don't want to talk about Cowboys, but I can't help but reference this. Jason Garrett was one of the highest paid assistant coaches. Because well, for one, we figured out that he was going to end up being Jones' puppet, but still. Eric Bianami, with all of his knowledge of the game and who he's coaching up under and learning preparation and all that, there's not too many jobs in the NFL. I'm going to be knocking my doors down. You know, if the Houston Texans were to call him, of course, they already got them a coach now. I don't even know if I feel that job. I don't even know if I take that call. New York Jets. I definitely don't take it until they show me something, and lately they haven't shown nothing besides uh, Bart Scott back in the day. Can't wait. I mean, that's still their claim to fame. Can't wait. Uh, who else is out there? I mean, Atlanta finally filled their position. The Chargers got there. And, and I mean, if the Chargers would have been open, why would you want to coach in the same division against the team you was on the sidelines with? So I think be enemy. You know, we the ones. Yeah, we're, we're not. In the, we're not in the media, but people in the media. They're the ones that's probably making this more of a big deal than it is. Because at the end of the day, they play the race card. But I think at the end of the day, Eric Bennevi is happy where he's at. Look what he gets to work with. Look who he gets to work under. Look at the talent on the field he gets to work with, and collect a good paycheck. Or he can. I'm happy. He could be the coach and what. For the Kansas City Chiefs and and I've thought about that too. If he's not coaching, waiting for Kansas City, he's the next coach for the Colorado Buffaloes if that position opens up, and he will get a hero's welcome. Damn good recruit, huh?
5: He'll be a good recruiter too. Yeah, with the cash at homes and all that. Like, oh, he did all that with Patrick. Yeah.
0: Yep so here's but here's my whole take on this well here's my prediction <clears throat> i believe it's going to be a good game i don't believe it's going to be a blowout Mm-mm. i believe it's going to be if i can reference the words of good old jr jim ross from yes i used to watch wcw and wwe so i'm gonna use some of his words slobber knocker slobber knocker <laughs> because ain't nobody gonna get beat like a scalded dog or a government mule <laughs> so I think it's going to be a good old-fashioned slobber knocker. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to go with Kansas City. I think Patrick Mahomes finds a way. win And I'm going to tell you why. If you've noticed, Patrick Mahomes has yet to get a league MVP. And he doesn't make a lot of noise about it, but he puts, he want to- but he puts that chip on his shoulder, and he lets his play on the field do the talking. And he think, about, think about it. Think about this. They should be. They should actually be playing in their third Super Bowl. Technically, statistically, he did beat New England and Tom Brady, but D four was lined up in the neutral zone. Otherwise, Kansas City is playing in their third Super Bowl right now. And that would have been um, that would definitely have been unheard of. So now that's extra added motivation for Patrick Mahomes, knowing that he actually had the goat beat, and now you get a chance to beat him on the grandest stage of them all. So I think he finds a way to win this game. I think it comes down to I'll say I'll take Kansas City in three and a half. I think it's gonna be a, I do think it's gonna be a shootout. I think this is some we're
5: gonna see some of the best offense. 'Cause I've never seen the top two, all right. So the top two passing offense. The way these teams keep people open is like absurd. Just watching the championship games respectively, both of the championship games, I was in of how they got people open to score touchdowns. I I just never see anything like it. Just see both of them and I think their defense are like both in the middle of the past, more or less. I'll make them better in uh, in the playoffs, but they're both in the middle of the pack. They don't have like that they don't stop people. Like they're not getting three every time. They're not they not Buffalo. Buffalo's the top. And they dismiss Buffalo. Right? Yeah. So you think that both defenses are better than Tampa Bay defense? Yes. But but you Buffalo's offense is the same level as him. No, I don't. That's why. So I, that's keeping it. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. All right. Talking the counter. We might see thirty something. 40, 40, I say yeah, that's about that. Thirty five, twenty eight. Yeah, we might see forty something. We might see 40, 45. We 40. don't know what we're gonna see. But I'm just if you're gonna see somebody uh, win their separate championship, maybe they're four a Super Bowl, and then just do it like that. Tom
0: Brady. Kansas City 42, Tampa Bay
5: 38. That's That's, 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 that's our That'll be it. So
0: what do you think about the weekend? About halftime? The what? The, the, huh? the, the what at halftime? The weekend. Uh, yeah. uh, <laughs> I mean, hey. I mean, really basically it, it just is what it is. I mean, when you think about what it is, as a matter of fact, I heard one guy on his podcast so like this, we're just basically stuck in one of the most stupidest pandemics of our lifetime. <laughs> so a lot of what you so, see is being dictated by this stupid the pandemic. The pandemic. Yeah.
5: But I'm a but the, oh why well, why would the leak that Tom Brady put a time play, play Anytime
0: they never close their own well, they lose. They're not going to lose. That sounds like a conspiracy theory. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like a conspiracy theory, which might have a little bit of weight to it, but I, I think the game is going to be played between the lines, and I think to a, a certain effect that the referees are going to let them play they'll have to let them play. If you start seeing some bogus calls, like, let me see, if you watch any of those YouTube clips of uh, Trinity Academy, Dion and Shadur Sanders, if you start seeing some calls like that going against them and they still find them, then you'll know maybe there is some truth to that logic. But I think the referees are going to let them play within certain We're going to have to. Hello? Are you still there? Okay. Can you hear me? Okay, now I can hear you. Go ahead.
5: And uh, At the end of the day, I think it would be a good game. I don't believe it's going to be a I don't believe it's going to just be a loser. A lot of action, a lot of suspense. And it might just come down to class drive and see who's really about that about that life.
0: Absolutely. So before we close out, I got Kansas City. Who else has Kansas City? The city, New York. All right. So we're going to let the chips fall where they may, and who knows, we might have to come on tomorrow after the game and speak our piece and see who was right. And who was wrong? I mean, I'm
5: gonna be right. That's Edward
0: <laughs> We share the same
5: we share the same birthday, August third. So he's gonna have a ring. I want my seventh. I gonna lie. I, I would never. Be, I'm ready and again,
0: lie. And I got 30 seconds left on here, and you know, you guys both have birthdays on August third. My my best friend growing up, his birthday was on August third. We were like brothers, so. That's a good birthday to have, but July the 19th was the best day because that's the day I was born. We have 15 seconds to get out of here. So I want to say until the next time, take care of yourself and each other. And we're going to think of another name for this podcast, and we're going to rebrand it. So take care until the next time.